Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon everyone. Welcome to a special Royal Blue podcast on the day that Ronald Koeman finally has been announced as a Devon manager. Um, it's Greg O'Keefe joined by Tony Scott, Phil Kirkbride, Devon correspondent and Gavin Buckland, the full crew in this afternoon to uh, reflect on some overdue but still very welcome news, real sign of intent and ambition from Everton. And so he was your number one really, apart from a little dalliance with Mourinho when he showed you a bit of leg. <laughs> Koeman's been your, the name on your list from day one hasn't he? Went just mine, it looks like it was for half my series by all accounts as well. Um, there's been a lot of names linked. Obviously, we've seen Tabor, David Moyes, Pellegrini, but it looks as though um, Farhad Mashiri had Ronald Koeman top of his list, and it's the one that I've wanted personally for a long time. I remember saying at the end of last season, speaking to all the Everton fans outside after the Norwich City game, the majority of the names that were called out were Ronald Koeman. It was either Ronald Koeman or Manuel Pellegrini. Um, it's an ambitious one from Everton. You look at it. Everton have tempted a manager here from the top six. That's when you look at it. Everton have finished in the bottom half of the previous two seasons. So this is a massive, massive spoonful, as I say, of ambition coming towards Everton Football Club. And it, when you look at it six months ago, Everton have been... You're looking at it from a different perspective from Everton now. They are back in the big time. Now they're going to be box office, front and back pages now, whether you like it or not. They're going to be talked about with the high-profile players now. And this manager's statement is only going to enhance that as far as I'm concerned. Everton have got themselves a brilliant manager. And um, hopefully, and I'm saying this now, the good times are coming back to well for. Gav, upbeat. <laughs> Follow, Follow that. that. Follow that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's two observations for me. I think from the Mercedes uh, perspective, uh, he's covered himself in that if the if if at the end of the, 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 the line for Koeman, it hasn't worked, Nobody can turn around and say, well, actually, we didn't want him in the first place if you're the supporters. So he's delivered basically what most supporters want. Unlike the previous manager, there's always that thing about being relegated and stuff. So I think from that. And also as well, talking outside, it's the first Everton management appointment for a long time where most supporters have got a, an agreed view that actually we, we want this, which probably goes back to maybe Joe Royal even, which is 20-odd years ago, that every manager since then has been appointed has been a um, you know there's always been doubts for it for a number of reasons that either not the first choice or be the experienced enough um so i think from those two boxes it's it it's exposed to them so yeah i share tony's optimism um the only thing is managing expectations now isn't it really as we've said on podcasts all year next season is a big change in the way the english football's financed there's a lot of clubs with a lot of money and i don't think having a little bit more extra it's not going to make a great deal of difference compared to what I may have done like five or ten years ago. As we've seen with the Vardy deal with Arsenal and Leicester, it's no guarantee that if you're a really wealthy club, now you can go to somewhere else and say, we'll have your best players. So we just need to be careful that are we sort of like, you know, what we think our ambitions are and, that, you know, and be patient. That's an interesting point, by God. Obviously, Phil, Everton are immensely more wealthy than they've ever been in, in their history. Uh, maybe if you're talking relatively... We're back on par with the Mersey Millionaires. We discussed that in previous podcasts. But Gav's right, isn't he? They're not, they're not all of a sudden going to city levels when before the broadcast deal in its fullest, most lavish uh, level had kicked in. 
they're not going to be miles ahead of everyone else in Premier League. But I think they've shown by being able to get Koeman that that little bit of extra money it can make a bit of a difference. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think it's the it's the it's what they have above. You know, ironically, you Southampton's have at their disposal. It may be what they have above what West Ham have at their disposal. In theory, you know, obviously they've got the new stadium and all the revenue that comes with that. But in terms of pure transfer kits, it's, it's 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 having it's it's unfortunately it's going to take that to restore Everton to what they were three seasons ago and and fairly consistently under Moyes in that respect. Yeah. But the landscape's obviously changed significantly since Moisey was in charge. Um, I think that was right. Inter- interesting, you know. Expectation is an interesting one and it will be fascinating to see how long, however short or however long it takes for Koeman's methods, his ideas, his way of playing actually takes, you know, for the Everton players to adapt to and, and for Everton to be hitting the ground running because, you know, as Gav said, I think there'll be a lot of expectation that, and understandably, uh, given the money that has been already spent and will be spent, that Everton should be at least Europa League. Yeah. This time, we'll be speaking this time in 12 months, going, yeah, we're looking forward to a European campaign, we finish fifth. So it'd be interesting to see the reaction, not only from the supporters, but at boardroom level, if, hypothetically, that didn't happen because it's a first season where he's trying to get methods in place. Yeah. I don't think that there will be a great deal of growing pains because I don't know if if the method of play will be vastly different in terms of, I think it's still going to be possession-based, but I think it's going to be the differences in terms of energy, intensity, pressing, I think that's the, that's going to be the change. But yes, as, as you know, as Gav said, it's going to be expectations are going to be uh, have skyrocketed. But it's interesting if, if that will be met. We're reflecting on the on the announcement of the news this morning at uh, half nine. It took a while, didn't it, Phil? Well, In the end, it, it yeah, sort of well, felt a bit like so a drag. What was, what was the, the, the the pursuit for a new manager? Was it over a month? In the end. Um, May the 11th, wasn't it, or 12th, when Roberto got sacked. Um, look, you know, they made Ronald number one target from the off, so in that respect, they weren't hanging round. Um, but obviously, it's proven to be uh, a chase that has, has had to be dogged and, and, and they've had to pursue it for a long time, which, I, you know, ideally, we wouldn't have had to have done and we could have, you know, we would be further down the line in terms of transfers and, and backroom staff and, and you name it, but... If he's the one that they wanted, which it is, and as we've all, we've all said, you know, he's the one that the majority, if not all, the supporters have wanted, then it's worth waiting for, isn't it? So, speaking of supporters, does, um, we asked earlier on Twitter when the news was announced if anyone wanted to uh, to chip in with any questions or points they wanted us to reflect on and, and raise, and you've got a few of them here on your on your Yeah, yeah I've got to go through the first one, which probably best going for Phil first. Um, Rob Vieira asks... Where do you where do you think stands on the director of football search, and is that a still preferred model? Yes, I think um, it's gone a little bit quiet over the last couple of days, but obviously, as you can understand, Evan were trying to tie up Coombe, and that was a priority. But as I understand it, that's still the way they're looking um, and what they're looking to do and implement. Um, no, no update as we as we sit here at the minute, but I've, um, I'm led to believe that's still still very much in their plans. Would you read anything into the three year contract? as in such as the director of football, because as we've touched on in the last couple of weeks, we've said that the director of football will always be here in place. Ronald Koeman's just I, signed a three-year deal. I think, I think a three-year contract reflects modern football. Mm. I think it reflects Everton with money. I yeah. think it reflects Ronald Koeman's long, long-term ambitions. 
you know? I, I, I think the days of, of long-term contracts, and even look, Roberto was given a four-year contract, wasn't he? But I don't think he'll be doling those out again. David O'Reilly asks, do you think we can keep hold of John Stones and Ross Barkley? Greg, you can have that one. <laughs> nice one for that. I was trying to, uh, <laughs> I was trying to nudge that into the, pa- into the path of Gav. I see Gav's coming up next. I've got to yeah. go on for Gav. <laughs> so, basically, can we keep, who are the names? Barkley Ross and Stones. Barkley and John Stones. Not Lukaku, interestingly. I think we're forgiven that. Looks like Rom's gone. I'm just taking Nobody that. Nobody after last night. <laughs> yeah. There's only more, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Steady so, on. Yeah. So, John Stones, Ross Barkley, do you think Ronald Koeman can keep hold of these two? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I would like to hope that Everton have a stronger chance of keeping hold of John Stones now they've got a world-class manager like Ronald Koeman than they had last week. Um, whether or not, ultimately, it's going to be enough to make the difference. Again, you're talking about what Gav said, the levels of funding between the elite City are obviously right at the top of that particular pile. Their levels of funding seemingly endless, aren't they? Bottomless, infinite money. Richard and God was that book, wasn't it, which mm. described the uh, City's owners and their ambition. And Guardiola, if you're talking about world-class managers, if he wants you, then it's going to be hard to keep hold of him. I know a lot of Blues will say Everton have got the dri- in the driving seat because he's under contract. To an extent, I agree with that. To an extent, I think it's naive because if he wants out... And he has a good Euros. He hasn't kicked the ball in the Euros yet. If he has a good Euros, then it's going to make it difficult. Is it easier with Cumin or is it helpful to have Cumin in place? Absolutely. And let's say, you know, what Everton needs to start bringing in. I'm not like a kid at Christmas getting all overexcited in this respect. But Everton needs to start making noise about bringing in blue chip signings, world class players who can turn the heads of lads like John and think, Maybe it's worth me just staying where I am. Maybe it's worth giving another season at Goodison. Which on the reverse of that, Greg, do you think Everton this summer now will make one big statement of intent regarding... They've done it with the manager. Will they make one big statement of intent regarding one key signing, which will make heads turn? I think they'll be looking to bring in someone who, as you said, makes heads turn. Someone who they can put, perhaps put them in terms of like your, your brand level, a marketing level, and all things like that in the bracket of an elite club. Someone who, it might even surprise people that they could get someone at that level. But that's for later on. In terms of Ross Barkley, just to finish on, yeah. on that question, uh, yeah, in, in the short the short answer is yeah. I think it'd be much easier to keep hold of Ross Barkley. I think Phil wrote a piece last week that we understand that Cumin uh, sees Ross as a number 10 and it's going to try and you know incorporate, he rates him, going to try and build his team and the attacking centre around him. Not sure I agree with Ronnie about that, mm. but... Uh, I defer to his slightly improved knowledge of football of mine. So uh, I don't think Ross will be going anywhere. No problem. One for you here, Gav, from Daniel Gregory. He says, what would you consist of a successful first season for Ronald Koeman? Europa League, top four or cup runs? I'll just say for the record, I would have answered that question the same as Greg. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, um, that's a good question in itself. Well... A lot depends what's going to happen between now and, and the summer, doesn't it? About the type of players you're going to get in for the start. Mm. But if you're assuming that you can deliver a number of signings, uh, I'm not totally convinced we can get a marquee sign because we're not in Europe, to be fair. Um, but I think, you know, well, Phil mentioned at the start of the, start of the, uh, the pod, didn't he? That, that, you know, Europa League is certainly what we should be aiming for next year, uh, easily. Um, top, top six, I think. You know, he's come from a top six, top six club. For the season, uh, John Watson, and uh, I think um, 
I think top six for me and any cup run is a bonus with but with the thing that it's that's just the base of the ambition rather than sort of fulfilling the whole mm. ambition of the club that that's just the start of something yeah. that beyond next year there's genuine cause to, to, to get into the top four do you think do you think he'll get away with the transitional period next season then does a hundred million pounds allow you to have a transitional yeah, period uh, and six million pounds a year I, I'm not 100% convinced but this is what I'm talking about I think we're entering yeah. a, a period of ruthlessness at the top if it's not working right yeah. we'll pay you up and see you later and, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll get somebody else in yeah. we'll do the job we're not we're not now in, a, in an era at Everton where we'll accept Average, 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 yeah, I don't. There's no way they're accepting eleventh place. No, no, no. I mean, it's not like that. You know, across the park where you come in mid-season, where you're allowed sort of six yeah, months yeah, to, to do it. something. Mm-hmm. He's come in at the start of the summer as well, before the Euros have really kicked into shape as well. So he's got the whole summer to work with, hasn't he, in terms of bringing players in. So he's not being brought in in August. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I, I agree. I don't know what Greg thinks, but I agree that there would be no transitional period. That top six should be the aim for from the start. Interesting, Greg. No, the players that he looked at at Southampton. Yeah. Obviously, he was assuming that he was going to be at Southampton next for the next season. Seemingly, yeah. Yeah. Do you think the players that he was looking at, he will look to go for with Everton? That's a good question because he's clearly identified players while he's been at Southampton and has got an eye for a bargain, if you like. Um, dare say a bit of the way that, that Moyes had if you look at some of the players he's brought in Sadio Mane um, Graziano Pele players who, who, Tadic who come in and um, haven't cost a fortune but have quickly put in the level of performance that have enhanced their value and have got great sell on that's always a handy habit for any manager to, to have I'm not sure that's the remit of what an Everton manager needs to have now interestingly I think the Everton manager needs to identify that top class of player bring them in and get the best of them I'm not so much worried about unearthing gems I think that will still be part of any manager's remit it'll always be a tick on your CV if you can bring someone in for a few million and all of a sudden you've got a player that's worth 20 million brilliant the, you know, that's always going to be an important part of football but it's going to be important for me can he go in the big league of transfers can he identify players like this is just a name off the top of my head. I'm not don't think yeah. there's any suggestion he's, he's interested in this but Yarmolenko Martinez give him his due was trying to position Everton in that way and look at Yarmolenko. And the outside kind of nuance was, why would he go to Everton and Yarmolenko? In fact, his own chairman said yeah. he should go to a club bigger than Everton or better than Everton. Whether or not Koeman changed those perceptions, it'll be interesting to see. But Koeman's got to work in a slightly different transfer market for me now as well. I like this question from Anthony Kenner. It says, what targets will Ronald Koeman have been given to achieve within his three-year spell by the owners? Phil Mashiri, you can take that one. <laughs> you can take that one Phil. It's a, I think it's an interesting point, really. Surely, Farhad Mashiri will have given a target to hit within these three years. Well, what do you think it'll well, be, Phil? I don't think it takes... It's not rocket science. It's a target will be Champions League football. Yeah. yeah. That's where everybody wants to be. That's that's why he's come to Everton. That's why Mashiri's ploughing his money in. That's why he's building a new stadium. That's why... You know, as I said, that's why he's left Arsenal. He couldn't get an influence. He wants, he wants Everton to be a Champions League club. And that will be if 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 Koeman has you know stays for three years. At the end of the three years, if the if they weigh up whether to give him a new deal or not, that will be the deciding factor. Will a deal for Erwin and Jan Klutenberg be done in the next few days? That's from Darren McGrath. Yeah, we understand that it will be. Um, Everton had hoped to announce all three of them at the same time. I think ideally, um, 
they two individuals, people who don't know, of course, being Erwin, Ronald's brother, and Jan Klutenberg, his fitness coach from Southampton. Erwin, we believe, will be his assistant manager, assistant coach, call it what you will. Um, clearly, the Blues haven't yet finalised negotiation with Southampton or with them about their own terms. And I think they felt that they could have waited until it was all done and, and bring an announcement as a package. But I think fans are getting a bit restless. Time's ticking on. And they'd obviously finalised the Cumin discussion and mm-hmm. thought, let's just announce the manager mm-hmm. and then they'll... Well, yeah, yeah. We had, we, I think, I'm not joking here, we actually go in holiday. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we, we were talking about it before, we actually think that probably as, as, a, as, a, as a coaching staff yeah. tied the holidays in together. Yeah. It would yeah. make sense because... Yeah. So. They, they love a holiday, the Cumin. <laughs> 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 I, I just had some, the question about the year aims and like, but getting into the Champions League is not the... The be all and end all. I mean, what's it worth? Thirty million. Will be to something. the owners, though, Gavin. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. Well, but financially, you know, when you get one hundred and twenty million leaving <laughs> the Premier League, thirty million on top of that's not great. What it does, though, and I think this is what I think. If I was the owner, I'd yeah. be looking to say, I would say, I want you to help us grow the brand of Everton. Interesting. That actually, for us, over the next three years, and we know that the global financial markets for football, where the money is, in the Far East and America on. and stuff yeah. like that, it's not just against the top four in the Champions League it's getting Everton a bigger name around the world because that's where the money but is by doing that you're going to have to qualify oh, no, that's what I mean. by winning a cup you won't get that winning an FA Cup or League no, Cup no, you'll get that I, I, forth, it's you? one aspect of it and that, that's probably the first building block to, to get where you want to be as a football club as I hate that word especially associated with Everton as a brand so and you, I, think, I, think, I think the next three years is important for us to do that do you think then, Gav, that when they were weighing up managerial options, and initially, you know, it looked like it was a it was a kind of straight decision between, right? Who do you want, Cumin or De Boer? And we believe Everton initially and immediately went Cumin. Do you think maybe in that respect the decision was made? Well, they've gone. Well, who's a bigger name in football? If it was a fifty-fifty shout on managerial ability and record, you'd be saying, well, actually, what's the difference between the two? And looking at it, then I think, you know, if it was 60-40 Ronald's favour, um, I don't know if so, some Southampton fans <laughs> don't like his Christian uh, name from, but no, uh, I think, I think it wouldn't have come into it, but I'm sure in, in the back, subconsciously, perhaps, I mean, it helps, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Greg's talking about Marquis Sarnans, Sarnans playing for Ronald Koeman, you know, Husey Luster's playing career, um, scored a winning goal the European Cup final it's definitely got people it's, it's speaking got about people to, yeah, yeah but I do think that's where it's going over the next three or four years and that's where it has been going over the last sort of four or five years is that globalisation of Premier League clubs I'm sort of we're a bit behind everybody but we've got an opportunity to make that up because that's where the money is in terms of mm. the future isn't it you know mm. they probably exhausted the money at home in terms of the TV rights but the TV rights abroad and the commercial mm. opportunities abroad are where, where there's going to be growth over the next that's four or five That's off the pitch as well, they've got to do that. But the whole they? thing, yeah. that's the whole thing. I was just going to say, that's so absolutely uh, took the words out of my mouth. It's not just on the pitch. They've got to be doing that commercially with with the things like the kit, the merchandising. That's steadily, slowly but surely starting to improve from from the start of the much maligned kit bag deal. Um, it's got to change exponentially though. It, it's not really... They haven't got time for, for the slow improvements that they would have had pre-Mishiri's money. Now, I think they need to fast-track that because it all works as part of the jigsaw to move the club up the branding order. Again, mm. sorry to, to use that brand, yeah, yeah. but it, it is key. 
they'll need a better kit deal. You know, put them in, in somewhere. Now, I'm not suggesting they can automatically uh, compete with the top four, traditional top mm. four, but they need to start thinking like that in terms mm. of merchandising. The stadium, we've got to see tangible progress in the not-too-distant future. It's all well and good having little bits of updates here and there, and then this smaller passage of time becomes six months, becomes 12, become 18 months. You you really want some momentum to gather around the stadium now. And for me, that comes with force and peel into a decision or, or an answer. Can we build in the, in, the, in the central docks or not? Then deciding if that's not an option, well, what do we do? What do we do? Because I'll tell you one thing, as a fan personally, the idea of Stonebridge Cross leaves me completely cold. I know staying at Goodison is probably very, very, very unlikely, but I'd rather explore that at all odds yeah. as opposed to going to Stonebridge Cross. It just leaves me cold. Yeah. It can look as great as it wants, but for me, it's where you are. Uh, by the docks is where everything should be. I saw the club. Uh, the club had a great graphic when they announced Cooman's arrival today, and it was a silhouette yeah. of the, yeah. of, yeah, of the Merseyside waterfront. You yeah, tweeted yeah, it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. The waterfront of Liverpool. Cumin kind of like, yeah. you know, superimposed in front of that in, at dusk. And it looked apart. Yeah. That's where Everton have got to be. And all that adds up with your blue chip players, with your Champions League qualification, consistent Champions League qualification, yeah. adds up to... Uh, so you might be reading too much into it. You wouldn't think of Everton over the past three or four years. Last game of the season against Norwich, we wore the kit. No, I can't. We wore the um, home kit for that season. I can't remember us doing that for a long while. Two weeks later, three weeks later, it was in the shops to buy. There was no delay. It was in there straight away. Everton, Oakstone, World Title fight to go to some park. Yeah, these then there's, yeah. this is going on continuously behind the scenes. All of a sudden, this is in the space of when's the Farhad Mashiri come in February. February yeah. So this is progress so far straight away in a short space of time. So I can only see good things coming eventually, especially in the three years of Ronald Koeman's here. Do you agree? Yeah, on? yeah. It's it's got to be on and off the pitch. There is there's another question here though that and. It, so again, one something we've visited in the past is we spoke about blue chip signings and top six, and but what does that mean about bringing young players in? You know, we spoke about the last game there against Norwich when there's a degree of optimism with two or three lads who look really useful that you think actually they could be first team players in the future. But in terms of the academy and you know, no transitional season, what does what does that mean? By saying there's no transitional season, you're basically saying, well, actually, you want sort of proven products on the pitch throughout. Well, if they're good enough, they'll play. Well, he's proved that at Southampton. They've got young kids there, and he's played them. If they are good enough, he's played them, hasn't he? I mean, look, he's won. Based on the performance against Norwich, you tell me Tom Davies isn't worth a go. Definitely. I I, I, I think he will play. But this comes back to the... We still believe they want to change in the framework of the management structure of the club. That yeah, Cumin's in to launch the project. He's in in theory for three years, and ideally we're going to get his catapult into the top five, six, top four, whatever. But the whole point of, of you know, Evans Academy is really strong, but it will be the job of of the sporting director, etc., to to ensure that the players coming through are good enough. Mm. So, because Mashiri doesn't have you know he doesn't have a bottomless well of money. He's got a lot of cash, no. but he hasn't. He's not going to just keep ploughing and keep no. ploughing. He'll, he'll still expect the factory line to be in operation, won't he? So yeah. I, I think it remains a, a hugely important part of the club. But immediately, Greg's right, they've got to launch it with, and as you said, proven players to get it off the ground. One of our questions that gets asked here from Lee Gray says, what are Everton's, well, what are Everton's priority signings position-wise? Straight away, Ronald Koeman comes in. 
Who's he going to replace straight away? Who's he looking for as his number one? Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper? Goalkeeper, centre-half, winger, striker, we believe. Centre-mid? Yeah. Pretty much. He, he needs... Spine of the team when you look at it. Yeah, and a bit more. Is Do you think he'll focus solely on the goalkeeper to get that sorted straight away? It's interesting to know. I, I, honestly, mm, yeah. I don't know what his first priority will be. What I think it should be is a goalkeeper. Fraser Forster? Love him. Absolutely love him. As we said last week's podcast, Phil raised the point. Whether or not it's financially makes sense to go for him, uh, I'm not so sure. And when I talk about those blue chip signings, he's not in that bracket. So I would maybe think that it would it makes sense in the, in the structure of Everton's ambition and their project to throw obscene money at a blue chip signing. But Fraser Forster isn't that. Do you look at someone like Jasper Sillison? Maybe he's a credible alternative. Personally, I'd rather have Forster. Yeah. Mm. It just depends, I suppose, on how much Machine is actually willing to sanction. I don't know. What would you? Uh, I would. I would say. <laughs> I think any great team has to start off with a at least a very good goalkeeper, and at the moment we're probably not in that position. So goalkeeper yeah. for me. Uh, also, reserve centre, right back, left winger. Yeah. I think centre half is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Do you think he had changed the captaincy? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, ask us once, I don't yeah. think I don't yeah. think there's another candidate to wear the armband compelling Gareth Barry. Well, we yeah. had we talked about Gareth last week, didn't mm. we? We don't know. He's quieter than Jagielka for, for my money. We don't mm. know if he. You know, I'd love to think he he remains vital to the plans, but if he, he might not be a Cuban player, he was he was very much a Martinez player, mm. and he was he was. Vital. He doesn't play with holding midfield, does he? Robert? Well, he does. He, what I've seen of him, it just tend to play 4-2-3-1 but as you said those two tend to be high octane high action legs Barry's hugely intelligent reader of the game and makes up for that lack of pace by being able to be in the right position at the right time so I don't know he's in a bit of a conundrum regarding to the Lukaku situation because he doesn't know exactly what Rom's going to be doing till after the Euros basically isn't he so he's going to know if he's got money to spend on Rom and he's looking for strikers I would be surprised if there wasn't some form of communication or line of communication to Rom during the tournament I think that would be that would put Koeman in a in a difficult position if he didn't know until the start of July middle of July when Rom comes back because he'd have to have in theory say Belgium went all the way which they don't look like on last night's performance then he you know the tournament finishes at the start of July then Usually those players have, a, have another break, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it would be it would be a strange situation if 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 Koeman hadn't had a conversation with Rom or Mino Raiola, and had an, a, a firm idea of where yeah. where where Rom was looking and what he was thinking was. So. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's a given that Lukaku's going to be away from Everton next year. How, I, 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 I think he'll be at Chelsea. I just think he's Chelsea. How can you see us? See a situation now, given the water that's gone on the bridge and what he said, well, that he's still in the blue you think, shirt. You think, you know, a you need another club to buy him. Chelsea, Chelsea. Well, why is that a given? From said, what I'm uh, led to, well, let's yeah, believe you need another is. club to buy him. You need to agree a fee that's acceptable I to think, both I think parties. The, fee's the big, the big sticking. You know, there. so those are those. You've got to get through them two hurdles first, and I, I'm just not convinced at this stage, especially after watching him last night. With all due respect. I'm not convinced that where he's aiming for is perhaps realistic when there's probably all the strikers who may be on the market yeah. in the summer who are probably better than him. And like, if you think about, well, look, say Obama, it looks like Obama Yang's like City. Say, you know, can't really see Ron going to say Arsenal. Can't say. 
we don't don't spend big money on on strikers. It's, so we're talking about you know United. Well, they've got Martial, Rooney. Yeah, uh, you know, that. you've got you. So now it's down to what you've got: Chelsea and what say Paris Saint-Germain. I can't see him going to Spain. I mean, he's not going to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona. No. He doesn't strike me as a player that Simeone would have at Real Madrid. To be honest with you, yeah. So you, you know, you've got you've got maybe two clubs: Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain. Conte being Italian, that he wanted striker to work really hard. You know, and perhaps harder than Rock Roms used to. Then there's Paris Saint-Germain, and then... I just think he, he, he come under some criticism sure. last night, just on a different note from Cumin. He got, took some criticism last night, Ron, especially Liverpool and Everton supporters all digging the knife in. I thought, you know what, the, the two sets of supporters would love Rom in the starting 11 in August, right away, wouldn't you, surely? Yeah, they'd love the Rom that yeah. we, we watched up until March. Now, he's 22... Is this all a bit unfair and out of context? I do, I think it because is. Because is it slumping form and not indicative of his true levels? The problem Everton have got, if they want to move more, and I agree with Gav, is that they're going to get to a point where they'll say, we want X amount, say £60 million. Chelsea will go, he's not a £60 million player. We've just watched him in the Euros, stinking the gaff out, if this form continues. So it's going to be interesting, the dynamic and how his form in the Euro affects that. If he suddenly clicks into gear and gets a goal and we see the ROM pre-March ROM, he can take games by the scruff of the neck. He can mm. score. Remember those goals against Chelsea? Do you know what I mean? He can do yeah. it. We've, I, we've, I know what you mean. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a little bit... So we've, talked about, about this right, we've talked about players who possibly go and which players who are currently at the club will be right up Ronald Koeman Street out of that current crop. Because when we were talking before about the balancing when Koeman comes in, what the different positional sense and how we're going to play differently. I think we're going to change dramatically compared to what Roberto Martinez set up. It was laboured, it was possession-wise. I think it's just going to transfer the whole basis of Everton Football Club, the way they play. Who do you think out of the current crop of players will say, I'm having a bit of Ronald Koeman? Besic. Mo Besic? Mo Besic, I think he will. I think Baines will. Hmm. Uh, Coleman will, I think. They will look to hopefully be getting the, the lease of life they, they had under Moyes. And to be fair, Martinez's first season, they then went backwards, partly through their own form, partly through what I believe a lack of proper deployment from Martinez to get the best out of them. Whether or not that was coupled with other different, tactically other players' um, teams finding them out, that's a conundrum that I think Kuman relish, and they can, in theory, really improve on. Will he get the best out of them, Morales or Delafay? Do you think? Is he a magician? Um, I, or will he look to sell? Does he play? He doesn't I, play I, I, wingers, does I he? would say that if you're Kevin Morales, you're looking nervously over your shoulder. Definitely. Um, I think he'll see potentially in, in Jerry and, and per, well, perhaps try and persevere with him. Uh, I would be less confident if I was Kevin Morales. Out of the centre midfield? McCarthy? Well, McCarthy's a big one for me because, in so many respects, he would tick the box. Yeah. He yeah. would be your white the energy. Armor. Energy, you know, ability to get about the pitch. Physicality to an extent. But that's the problem, isn't it? And the, and the issue is, and this is again where Jan Kluttenberg comes in, James suffers with a lot of injuries, so they've got to keep him fit. Yeah. And um, does he influence, has he, well, sorry, has he influenced enough games in the past two seasons for Koeman to go, you are my number one holding midfielder? For me, no. I'm, no. Not, I'm not 100% convinced that Koeman will, will see that. 
and I think he may look to yeah. bolster that area. Yeah, but but that's what we're expecting, you know. You you'd be surprised, you know, when a new manager comes in. There's only ever like four or five players, isn't it? Back lads that they want to keep. They want to bring in four or five players of their own. It's been made easier, as I said last time. It was on like natural ending of players' careers has made it easier for them in some circumstances, yeah. as we saw last week. I know he did the podcast on it. So, but you. I would only expect to see at any given time maybe six or seven players in any squad where you'd say actually the manager says I'll have them but yeah. all the rest that I want to replace. Um, for me, I think what I would like to see is a, you know, and I said this last season is a better balanced age group in the squad. That last year where we had extremes, where we had young players and old players, yeah. and a lot in between. I'd be hoping to see that reverse this year. Yeah. Where we, where whatever, whatever you bring in, you've got a squad where the bulk of the squads between the ages are say 23 and 29. Um, you know, so we've got we've got that right, and that reflects that that like lack of uh, time for a bedding in season. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You've got to have players in the prime for a club that needs to be not impatient, but certainly a bit more focused on getting where they want to be faster. Interesting, you make that point, and something just popped into my head. Then when we're speaking about it, it'd be interesting to see if Cooman a wants to keep him, b believes in him, but c could in theory get the best out of Tom Cleverley. Now I'm thinking Southampton, they had like a Stephen Davis. Yeah. I just think, I just think, well, cleverly on paper, he's a better player than Stephen Davis. But Stephen Davis is hugely important part of that Southampton team. So I wonder whether, you know, Tom came to Everton because of Martinez and felt he could help revive his career. It hasn't really happened this season, mm. has it? In fits and spurts, but not consistent enough. And whether whether Cumin will be the man to nail down a position for mm. him and, and and say you will you will do this job for me when. When asked about, it's an interesting one as well. I think the, the the biggest factor for me that I'd like to see change, and Phil wrote a, a great piece last week on the fitness coach. Do you think next next season we'll see it straight? The, those pre-season, do you think that's more critical this season than what it'll be next season? Because I'm looking at, I think, a couple of the Everton players, one more than a couple, need to shape up, and they're carrying too much timber at the moment. And you can see that towards the end of last season. How crucial, Phil, do you think this fitness coach is to Ronald Koeman? Well, given Everton's injury record, I think he's hugely important. But the difficulty is, and as Greg will testify uh, quite strongly, the last time we came out of a major international tournament was the World Cup in 2014, and the pre-season was a, a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. And the problem was, Rom had, had sort of wasn't fully fit, and he came back and had the injury and still played. And if you could tell that there was a hangover from mm. a few of the players. So I think it's crucial if... The players who are returning from the international duty are going to be remain parts of the Everton squad. The key is going to be getting them fit for the start of the season, I think, uh, more than in bringing his new players in. Because I wouldn't have any concern about him bringing new players in who aren't playing international, maybe in the Euros or whatever, yeah. the teams are out early, and him getting them fit. I wouldn't. It would be my concern about the players who are coming back. It would be interesting to me whether or not it, we're able to find out, and obviously we're trying to, that if there has been an agreement with Southampton in whatever capacity over not returning for their players. Because Gav, and I'll ask you Toe as well, apart from the goalkeeper we've mentioned, who would you... And he wouldn't necessarily go back to Southampton because again we're talking about yeah. hopefully a budget that says have a look anywhere. Not necessarily you'll get them, yeah. but have a look anywhere. But if you didn't go shopping back at St Mary's, who, who would you want? Theatre Van Dyke would be the first one. I'd, he'd be my top player from Southampton to, uh, to get. I agree, I agree with Gav. 
I really liked Wilhelm. He was rumoured to be interested in Everton, wasn't it? If John Stones was being sold last season when he comes down from Celtic. Well, they've both Funes Mori, I think, in the end. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if it was either or, but they were linked with him then as well. Pella's interestingly linked as well lately, isn't he? Scored Hell a of a finish. Yeah. Hell of a finish Would last night. Would he be suitable for a 30, 31? I'm not sure. I would be sold on that one myself. Shane He's Long. Good play- Great hair. Um, Shane Long's a good player. <laughs> He's a good player. He's quick, but is he is he is he going to get you in the Champions League? Is he going to score the goal to get you in the Champions League? No, no. in a nutshell. No. One player, Cumin, didn't get the best out of Victor Wijnaldum. He didn't, did he? So why do you think that is? If he wouldn't look to go for him, would he? He wouldn't look to go for that type of player. Haven't he? he likes his energetic type of players well, in your face and high intensity. He was supposed to be like that, though, wasn't yeah. he? And, and he, the word was that he would be in the big games, and then he'd go missing. I'd, I'd, I'd leave that. If there's any question marks over a player's character or focus like that, we've had enough over the years, players who dip in and out, Morales, is an, uh, in, albeit in a different position, a similar, in my mind, kind of approach. One week he'll turn it on, next week he'll look like a different player. I'd leave that. I'm, I'm not sold on one yammer anyway, to be honest with you. Any other questions on the Swiss eye? No, that's it. They're all exhausted. They're all looking forward to um, August and when the fixtures come out tomorrow. So, yeah, fixtures tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a press conference soon. We're not entirely sure yet, but as soon as we know when the press will be, we'll share that with you on Twitter, on the Echo website. We'll obviously be reporting from that, so keep an eye on the website for that. And we'll be back. We'll reconvene next week to pod about hopefully some more interesting developments and where we might be going in the transfer market. Thanks for listening. <laughs>